ready for the weekend with Community Radio's premier sports show. Your new fix of Friday Night Sport. Welcome to the bench. We're at 25 minutes to 7. It's time to talk cricket. So much local cricket to talk about, particularly when it comes to the uh, Northern District Rangers, our own home club here in the Hornsby in Karingai. We can reveal now that we are going to be calling... Two matches involving the Rangers on Sunday here on Triple H from two from just on or two o'clock. There'll be a live call of the women's grand final, the women's T twenty first grade grand final between the Rangers and Combined Universities at North Sydney Oval. And that'll be followed by a replay of the match, the second match of the back to Waitara double header on Sunday when the Rangers take on Western Suburbs. Uh, and that's after they uh, play uh, the Blacktown Mounties on Sunday morning. And that's after another big Saturday of cricket. Someone who's been heavily involved in all of these uh, matches in recent weeks, including those two remarkable last run, last ball thrillers, uh, including last Sunday at Hawkesbury to maintain the Rangers' unbeaten run at the top of the... Sydney Thunder Conference in the Kingsgrave Sports Centre T20 Cup is one of the best young spinners in Sydney first grade. AJ Singh, former Australian under-17s merit uh, spinner, uh, has graduated into first grade at a tender age, and he's on the phone now making his debut on the bench. AJ, good evening to you and welcome to the bench. Good evening. Thanks for having me on. Indeed. Thank you for, for coming on board. First of all, um, just a little bit about yourself. You've come through uh, sort of the ranks at a number of places before you found yourself in the in the Rangers' first grade before the age of 20. Yep. So I, I played all my junior cricket um, in Blacktown, and um, I played my first game for the Rangers uh, during Greenshield, where I played two, two years, two years there. Um, started off in fifth grade with the Rangers during my first year of Greenshield. And, um, yeah, I've been lucky enough to progress up the grades and currently playing first grade now. Indeed. And you, along the way, um, you uh, did well at uh, Australian Junior Titles for New South Wales and uh, managed to make the Australian team of merit, which then in turn went on to play uh, in its own right in an under-19s carnival not so long ago. Yep, um, I was lucky enough to play in a pretty good New South Wales under-17 team where we took out the national championships and I was even more fortunate enough to have been selected in the Australian under-17 team where we got to play in the under-19 championships from there. And uh, you would have bowled to some fairly decent bats who are starting to make their way um, up, the, up the ranks in that yep. under-19s carnival not so long yep. ago. Yep, yep. So Jack Edwards would have been one of the big names that I played against during that time. We had Mackenzie Harvey in our team right now, who's currently contracted with the Melbourne Renegades as well. So, yeah, quite a few quite a few big players that I played with and against. How have you found the, the step up from at a, at a rapid pace from Green Shield to 17's reps, playing against 19's reps, up to playing against men in first grade? Yep, well, firstly, I've I find first grade um, the hardest out of all those bowling to men, whereas kind of you get to bowl to um, kids. Well, kids during the um, under under age championships. But I suppose 
it's been really helpful having a good bunch of guys with me at Northern District. They've really helped me out with my bowling. And I've also had quite a few great coaches with me along the way in the New South Wales Academy, such as Anthony Clark. Well, AJ, Matt Mears here. Um, you've obviously enjoyed your time in first grade. You would have bowled to a lot of experienced batsmen in that time that you've been up in the first grade side for the Rangers. Who's been that one batsman that's really probably tested your mental the most or, or maybe really has gotten under your skin, has taken you to town that you, you probably can't wait to bowl to again because um, of what you've learnt and progressed since yep. that first time that you've um, bowled against them? Um, well, my first game uh, of first grade um, was against Blacktown, actually, and they had an English bloke called Aaron Lilly playing. And, um, yeah, he kind of took me down quite a bit. He can't, he's playing, I think, for Lancashire right now. Not yeah, that's cool, right. Mm. Yep. Yeah, he was quite a challenge to Bolton. Absolutely. But have you found it uh, playing against Blacktown? Because they're going to be the first opponents on the back to Waitara day on Sunday at uh, at 10 o'clock. Yep. Well, we are playing in this week as well, which would be a bit of a help. We get to... You see them on, on Saturday as well, which we'll come mm. to in yep. a moment too. Yep. Well, we get to see how they play, what their bowlers are like, what their batsmen will do. So, um, yeah, it'll be really interesting playing them twice in two days. Indeed. And that was after, we'll come to the two-day stuff in a moment from last Saturday, but um, take us through the roller coaster that was that match at the farm, uh, as I like to call it, Owen Earl Oval, next to the cows, grazing in the paddocks. Um, They would have been just grazing along whilst all the excitement was going on on the number one oval in that remarkable match last Sunday where you were again backs to the wall chasing a big yep. score chasing 190 this time yep. 7 for 95 and then Nathan Maskell strides to the wicket at number 9 and turns it on well exactly what a game it was down at Benson's Lane as, as you mentioned we were in a bit of trouble at a 7 down for 100 odd when Nathan came to the pool and he, he hit him as clean as I've ever seen anyone hit him this hit just for fun that day, really, and turned it on for us, got us back into the game, along with the um, experienced head of Matthew Phillips, who chipped in 26 odds, and then literally we, we probably needed 12 and over at that stage when Nathan Maskell came in, and yeah, he, he just batted the house down. 86, o- the game. 86 yeah, off 41 balls yeah. with six fours and six sixes was a, a remarkable yeah. uh, comeback. And then just like the previous week at Howell Oval, with inside yep. of the finish line, both That's Phillips correct. and Maskell got out and yep. then uh, you were dismissed and it was then left to numbers 10 and 11, uh, <laughs> Jake, Jake Heinrich and, and, Chad, and, Jake and Chad Taylor with what, yep. less than three, they, they both come together with three to win in the last yep. over. Yeah, well, yeah, Nathan Maskell got out in the last over and in walked Jakey Heinrich, batting with Charlie Taylor. Faced out, faced out a dot, took a single, and then the Iceman Charlie Taylor took two off the last ball to win it. You can only go back to the well one, uh, also often, though. Um, that meant that you're unbeaten 3-0, and best yep. run rate at the top of that Sydney Thunder Conference, heading into the two home games on Sunday, the second yep. of which we will replay here on Triple H at around 5 o'clock after the women's grand final. Um, yep. So 
you'll go in. You went into these two matches against Penrith and Hawkesbury probably as uh, the slight uh, underdogs, but you'll be favourites to win both of these games on Sunday, given what's at stake. You win both of these games, you go five and zero, and your best net run rate means that you're guaranteed a home semi final, maybe even a home conference final, yeah. depending yeah. on results elsewhere. It's a different type of pressure playing as favourites, isn't it? It is definitely is, but. I think all the boys will thrive under that type of pressure. We've got a few experienced experience heads coming back this week. We've got our international star, Chad Sofa, back for the 2T20s game as well. So he'll have quite a bit of experience for us, and I'm sure all the boys will enjoy it. What about um, the fact that the batting has still been the Achilles heel at the top of the order? It's been inconsistent. They scored runs on the Saturday, but again yep. on last Sunday... Um, as was the case at Howell over the previous Sunday, there was um, there was that top order collapse, and we won't even mention what happened against Bankstown in the seven for six uh, the previous week. But Scott Rogie was brought to the club to try and solidify that top order. He's got some nice starts, but it hasn't happened yet still, and there's still question marks uh, about that uh, top order batting. Yeah, well, I'm sure it's just a matter of time until everyone clicks. All the batsmen have been working really hard during training, working their butts off. Um, they've been looking real good in the net, pongoing me around. But um, <laughs> I'm sure it's just a matter of time until the boys get a big one. Well, I said, it's always fun. I, I'm a bowler myself as well, AJ. It's always fun that the disdain that, that your teammates treat you in the nets, but then they never can repli- They can never repeat it out in the middle. It would be all right if they could do it in the middle, but uh, as I said, at least it, it's good signs for you, though. If, if they are making the runs in the nets, you know that it's just a matter of time before they do replicate that out in the middle. Yeah, exactly right. All the boys have been working really hard in the nets with... Our coaches, Brendan Lyon and Ian Butler, working hard on their game. So I'm sure it's just a matter of time until they really click. All right. You mentioned uh, that uh, you play Blacktown first up after you back up and you play against them to finish the two-day game on the Saturday. Um, look, they they do have uh, Gauchi, the skipper, who's their mainstay. Uh, yeah, they do good. have... Kirkar, who's um, a uh, their talisman, yep. they yep. it's not it's not a put in and take out job. Even though you'll probably start favourites, given that yeah, exactly right. this wicket is going to be playing on, would probably be freshened up if uh, yep. groundsman Bill hasn't got a fresh one prepared for Sunday. Yeah, well, exactly right. We all know that all the bowls we're still going to have to put in quite a lot. It's not going to be an easy wicket to bowl them out for. They have got a few good players, as mentioned. Jordan Gauchy, he scored quite a lot of runs in first grade. So I'm sure all our bowlers are switched on and ready to get the job done. All right. And then, speaking of which, it's you've suffered the loss of Ross Pawson. Nathan yep. Smith is still on the sidelines. We don't know when he's going to come back. Um, yep. A lot has been thrust on a young pace attack uh, earlier than was expected. How are they bearing up to the strain the way you're looking at it? You see, you well, see them in the nets and you're yep. closer than anybody else. Yep, well, Jacob Heinrich, he's been bowling really well, working with our with our coach Ian Butler. He's a really good fast bowling coach, played for New Zealand. Um, we've actually got quite an experienced bowling touch this week with a couple of old pros back in Lachlan Ford and Matthew Phillips. They've been working hard with the young quicks as well. And, um, yeah, I'm sure that everything will go well. And Yeah. 
Then, then the late game on Sunday is against Western Suburbs. That'll be our broadcast game on replay, probably starting around 5 o'clock uh, from Mark Taylor Oval on Sunday. Um, yep. Hopefully you'll have that win against Blacktown under the belt by then. But look, Western Suburbs have been one of the surprise packages, particularly in the two-day comp at the start of the season. They've performed above expectations. They've still got Jonathan Cook in their side. Uh, They've got Crookshank, who's been making uh, uh, runs for them. I'm sorry, Isherwood, I should say, who's been making runs for them. Um, And their big off-season recruit in, uh, in Josh Clark has led from the front, and he's one of the hardest batsmen to get out in Sydney first grade. Yep, well, as you said, Western Suburbs are quite an unpredictable team, so we're not sure what we're going to come up against, but all the boys know that we're going to have to be switched on no matter what team we get. And, yep, they've got some stars in their team, and Jonathan Cook, um, Isherwood as well, and their new recruits. So all the boys know that it's not going to be easy. We're going to have to dig in, work hard um, to get the job done. The other matches in that, uh, there aren't as many matches in the uh, Kingsgrove Sports Centre T20 Cup at the weekend. There's that Mark Taylor Oval doubleheader that we mentioned. Uh, There's the doubleheader uh, for Union New South Wales, which has been now moved to David Phillips South at Daceyville, where they will take on Randwick, Petersham and then Gordon. There's the Manly Oval doubleheader, where Manly will play Sutherland first up. And then the Sydney Tigers, that has the potential to be a high-scoring slugfest second up. Mm. And then uh, at Raby Oval, Campbelltown have uh, the Fisher's Ghost doubleheader where they play Penrith first up at 10 o'clock and then Parramatta second up at half past two. That's going to be an alive 90.5 in MacArthur Sports Radio simulcast with uh, Mike Sheen and Dave McDonald there on Sunday afternoon. We'll try and keep you up to date with scores during our women's T20 Grand Final live broadcast. Let's go back to the uh, the two-day stuff before we let you go, AJ, uh, because we will be previewing the women's grand final after 7 o'clock. But after last weekend, look, uh, an interesting day one uh, after the uh, the fireworks of... And the collapse of the previous week, uh, yeah. three hundred and twenty is what you ended up making last Saturday. A lot of starts, but yeah. no one going on and making uh, the big one. And a late collapse at the end of the day. Three twenty yeah. is going to have to be enough to defend uh, tomorrow against a decent Blacktown batting lineup. Yeah, exactly right. Um, three twenty is probably par on that wicket. Um, a lot of starts. Yep. Uh, with David Lowry getting 62 and Tom Felton 66. But, um, yeah, as a bowling unit, we know that we're going to have to bowl really well to restrict Blacktown and bowl them out under 320. So all, all our bowlers have got their um, heads switched on and ready to go. What about yourself? You'll probably come on at some stage and bowling in tandem with Tom Felton to yep. uh, and, and Toby Gray. You've got the luxury yep. of... Three, Toby Gray, yep. yeah, three decent spinners in that side. Felton, all three different types of bowlers, isn't it? Uh, Tom yeah. Felton is the very much, without wanting to be too disrespectful, the dart bowler who can bowl it on the threepence and is yeah. miserly, doesn't give much away. Yeah. Toby Gray, the leg spinner, who uh, if, he, if he lands his rolling can be just about unplayable. Yeah. And then there's yourself with all of your uh, variety. Uh, yeah. And that's behind... Uh, the quicks of Heinrich, Phillips and Lockie Ford. On paper, it's probably your most balanced attack. Uh, Ben Davis has a lot of options at his disposal in defence of that 320 tomorrow. Yeah, well, exactly. I think 
it comes down to um, Bowles just taking ownership of it tomorrow, not really relying on anyone else to get the job done, kind of being selfish almost, wanting to um, get wickets for yourself, I suppose, or bowling in partnership, really working together as a bowling unit to get Black Den out. You haven't been given any indication at this stage by Ben or the hierarchy. They're just going to see how the day transpires tomorrow, depending on what the quicks do early and whether they can get some breakthroughs. Josh Clark will obviously be the key wicket to get, not only tomorrow, but Sunday as well. Yeah, so Jordan Gouchy, daddy. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, Jordan Gouchy. I'm yeah. Josh Clark will be the, the late game on Sunday, but Jordan Gouchy, yeah, he'll be the key wicket yeah. to get he, tomorrow he, and he, Sunday morning. Yep, he, he is their big gun batsman. Um, yeah, haven't heard too much from Benny yet. He's more of an instinctive captain. He'll go along with how the game's going and make up his decisions from there. All right. Very briefly, the other games uh, after last weekend, some interesting uh, matches. Firstly, Bankstown look to be uh, not so much in control, but certainly close to being in control of their match against Mossman down at... Yep. Uh, uh, Bankstown Oval. They uh, ended up bowling uh, Mossman out last uh, Saturday for uh, uh, two for as I for uh, two fifty for two fifty eight, and they start three for one hundred and nine. The luxury of having someone like Mark Stoneman, the former yeah, English Test that. opener, there on forty five not out. He's going to uh, look to have a big summer by the looks of things for Bankstown, and you've done well to avoid him. <laughs> Yeah, we were quite lucky to not play against him. Um, yeah, um, it'll be an interesting game, this one, with Bankstown having Mark Stoneman and Nathan McAndrew not out at the moment, with um, Nathan McAndrew also scoring 100 against us the previous game. So I'm sure Mossman would want to get those two wickets quite early. Very quickly. All right. Um, at Waverley, uh, don't know the less said about the Manly collapse, the better. Um, when they were bowled out for 91 uh, Nathan Rowe took a career best seven for 46, but they did fight back with the ball to restrict Eastern Suburbs to eight for 186 in yep. uh, reply by Stumps. So the outright is still probably on if Manly can get the last two wickets. Yeah, well, interesting one here. Um, Manly with a star studded lineup being rolled for 91, but. It's still in the balance with um, Manly having the likes of Jack Edwards, Mickey Edwards, Chris Green, and Steve O'Keefe um, to their disposal. So I'm sure if I'm sure they'd like to get the last two Eastern Suburbs quickly and get a good total on the board and bowl them out. And bowl them out for for the arrow. There could be a very interesting afternoon at Waverley Oval in that match tomorrow at Chatswood, where Gordon are playing Campbelltown. Gordon were bowled out for 246, uh, and in reply. They're in control, you would think, at 4 for 117 with Jared Burke still to bat. Yeah, well, interesting one here again. Um, could be in the balance this game with Campbelltown being four down, still needing over 120 runs to get. Um, I'm sure if Gordon takes a few early ones and get Jared Burke out in particular, um, they could easily win this game. But if Campbelltown get off to a decent start, well, the ball's in their court. At uh, old at Owen Earl at the farm next to the cows, uh, Parramatta have the score on the board. They declared it nine for four hundred and five. Tim Ward and Ben Cherry both got centuries. Uh, Stuart Copperfield made sixty five. Hawkesbury started none for five. It's a big task, but 
You played on that wicket last week. It looks to be pretty flat at the farm at the moment. And Peter Forrest, on the back of uh, the fastest ever first grade T20 century uh, in the in the match that followed you last Sunday when they went on and beat Sydney University, uh, scoring over 200 in the process, he looks to be in great form. And he would have to score another big 100 if Hawks were to chase this 400 down. Yeah, well, I'm sure Parramatta will go in favourite this week, but um, Hawks do have Peter Forrest at their disposal, so anything could happen, but I'm pretty sure Par- Parramatta would need to get Peter Forrest out and their keeper, Ryan Mitty, who batted quite well last week um, to win the game. But stranger things have happened in cricket, and it is a flat road out at Benton Plain. It is indeed at the moment. We've seen a lot of scores chased down this year. Another big run chase is ahead for... Penrith at Howell Oval, ran the Randy Peets, Randwick Petersham made 7,430 last week, and the class of, yep. uh, of, of Jason Sanger came to the fore with a brilliant century. The Englishman, yep. Bell Drummond, in his first game for the summer, made a, a, a 93, air yep. 73, not out. But with Ryan Gibson in supreme yep. form on the back of that 186, not out, in his last first grade two-day appearance off as many balls... Yep. Penrith will back themselves to chase 430 down. They will. They, their batsmen have been, have been going real good um, the start of this season with Ryan Gibson leading the way. Ryan Hackney as well. He's been in good form. It'll be an interesting one this game. Go down to the wire, I think. It, Penrith have got a real good batting lineup. And it looks uh, like another flat road at Howell at the moment. Yep, yep, does look that way. Indeed. Uh, at uh, Hurstville. On the bike track, St George made 325 last week. Uh, Hopkins made 106. And yep. uh, a member of the fast bowling cartel, Francis, came in and made 57 off 59 balls down the order. Fairfield start at none for 16 in reply. A lot on Parham Upal to score runs yep. uh, for Fairfield if they're going to chase that 325 down. Yeah. Well, another interesting one here. Um, Fairfield starting none for 16. A lot of a lot of pressure would be on their captain, Param Mupal, and their, um, and their um, overseas player, Kreitley, who starts six not out as well. Absol- so um, St. George will need to get those two wickets to put themselves favourites. At Glenn McGrath, look, a fair to middling score at best for the Bumblebees. Uni New South Wales struggled to eight for 239. Dan Fallon's yeah. held up an end. You've seen a lot of him. You've played with and yeah. against him. And he's uh, picked up where he left off, five for 86 off 30 overs. Um, and you would think that Sutherland have a reasonable run chase ahead of them. Yeah, well, Sutherland would go in favourites this week, I'd, I'd think, against UNSW. Um, UNSW without the likes of Matthew Jukes this game. Um, Sutherland will need to bat well early on, I'd think, to get off to a good start to chase down what looks like a decent total from UNSW. At uh, Dremoyne, Sydney Tigers are on top of Western Suburbs. They bowled Wests out for 183 and they start at none for 66 in reply and with their batting at their disposal the Moskers, the veteran Dan Smith and Bo McClintock, the Tigers would have to be favourites. Yep, you'd think that Sydney would do this quite easily tomorrow. Um, None for 66, chasing 183. They'd be red-hot favourites to win quite convincingly this game. And the last game, this promises to be a beauty at University Oval, number one after Sydney Uni were a rock and roll for 111 last Mm. week. Um, UTS North Sydney didn't get uh, 
uh, too far in front, though. They start at seven yeah. for 163 in reply. Uh, and, well, they got the lead, I should say. They didn't get a big lead. It was 52. They had enough time to send Sydney Uni back into bat yeah. by stumps last week. None for six off three overs in their second innings. So they're 46 behind. That's certainly set up for an outright at University Oval number one. Yep, this was the surprise of the round, I'm sure, with um, Sydney Uni being rolled for 111. Um, interesting, interesting week, this one, with uh, UTS North Sydney getting their captain, Justin Avendano, back as well. So if they could get Sydney University all out, it'll be really interesting with their batting lineup. Indeed, Avendano back in their top order for a late run chase. Uh, for a possible outright win and 10 precious points. All right, we'll leave it at that because time's on the wing. It's been great to speak with you. Hopefully it won't be the last time, AJ, this season. Um, Good luck tomorrow and good luck on Sunday when we'll see you at uh, Mark Taylor Oval for the replay of um, Northern District versus Western Suburbs. Hopefully the Rangers will be 5-0 on their way to the semifinals of the first grade men's T20 Cup come Sunday night. Fingers crossed. Thanks for having me, guys. AJ Singh from the Northern District Men's Rangers. Your new fix of Friday Night Sport. Welcome to the bench. Weather time now is about four minutes past seven. Yes, there is other big cricket happening locally on Sunday in Sydney and we are so delighted and so proud to announce again that As we did 10 months ago, it's hard to believe it was 10 months ago, but it was when we covered the uh, uh, Sydney First Grade Women's uh, T20 Cup Grand Final when Gordon defeated the Northern District Rangers that day that we're back to do it again on Sunday when the Northern District Rangers will be looking to go one better, but they will be up against a formidable opponent in universities, one of the strongest women's cricket clubs in the Sydney metro area. We are delighted to have a look at that grand final as well as have a little bit of fun with Drop and Give Me 20 as well. Uh, Online for her bench debut. We keep pumping out the debuts on the bench, don't we? Uh, Zoe Benjamin from the university's Women's Cricket Club, who will be uh, having a big part to play, we think, in the grand final on Sunday. She's on the line right now. Zoe, good evening to you and welcome to the bench. Hi, Tony. Thank you very much. I'm very much looking forward to the weekend. Hopefully I'll play a big part, but we'll see. Well, speaking of which, um, there will be, uh, we can clear up right now, or the possibility of players coming back from the WBBL. Um, There uh, is a match tomorrow involving the Sydney Sixers and the Brisbane Heat. The Sydney Thunder are playing interstate this weekend. Uh, So what's the latest you're hearing, particularly on Matty Dark and Stella Campbell, who would be available to come back to play for universities on Sunday if they get through their commitments with the Sixers tomorrow in their match against the Brisbane Heat in one piece? Um, I believe it will depend on the, the matches tomorrow, but as far as I know, if, if they're available, I'm sure we'd put them in the team. You'd be crazy not to. They're unbelievable players, and of course, you want them in the side if they're available to play. But, um, yeah, it just will depend a little bit on their matches on Saturday, which, of course, um, is going to take priority for them at the moment. Of course. Um, they haven't given any indication um, along the way that they will want to play or they'll want to come back. I presume they, they do, because when they do come back, they both contribute. Of course. I, I'm sure that they would want to play the game. It's a final. Who wouldn't want to play that? Um, and they're, they're two players that 
if they're if they're allowed to and they're fit and ready to go, then there's no way you're taking them off the field. So. And, of course, um, Olivia Porter, your skipper, would love to have them back in the side uh, as well. Maddie Dark has made runs on the occasion. She has been allowed to come back for universities in this competition. Take us through um, your run to this grand final of what's been a rather truncated competition, I think, this season. Uh, your views on the fact that this T20 competition has been shoehorned into a, like a six-week period uh, at the start of the season without... You know, semi-finals or a finals day as such, just a straight-out grand final between the two conference winners. Yep, it's been pretty full-on. You've had to uh, pick it up and go with it straight away. There hasn't really been time to shake off any rust. You've just got to put your best foot forward straight away, and I, I think we've been able to do that very well, um, considering, you know, uh, Matty Dark um, hasn't been able to play too many games uh, within that period with her commitment to the Sixers. Um, I think we've gelled together as a team very quickly um, and the performances have shown from that. Um, Olivia Porter, as captain, has stepped up unbelievably and been doing a really good job in leading us. Um, and there's just a really good team culture there at the moment and um, we're just all really enjoying our cricket. So it's been, it's been really good. It's been really enjoyable, and um, the performances have been coming off the back of that. What about your attack in the uh, absence of Stella Campbell? Carly Leeson's been getting wickets for fun, including her uh, remarkable 4-for-4 four four against Penrith in the last match that you completed and won. Uh, you've managed to get three bonus point wins in the three matches that you have completed to finish on top of the uh, Sydney Thunder Conference table against... Uh, pretty reasonable opposition. Uh, you weren't able to complete the match last Sunday against Bankstown when the when the rain came at David Phillips Field, but those three yeah. points were enough to get you through at the top of the Thunder Conference to make uh, the, this grand final on Sunday. Uh, the attackers had to step up in Stella's absence, hasn't it? Certainly. Um, I think our bowling attack has been a, a, a real highlight. You know, someone stepped up every week, whether it be Sophie Munro or whether it be Stella when she's there, Kylie Leeson when she came back for that game. Um, Olivia Portia, again, has stepped in as an amazing all-rounder um, and cleaned up wickets as well. So everybody's been putting their hand up with the ball and we've been able to really back our bowlers in the field, which I think has been key. What about your opponents then on Sunday? Uh, perhaps a surprise to some that the Rangers have made it through to a second successive uh, women's T20 first grade grand final. Uh, but they've done it uh, and they've earned it their way as well. They're unbeaten. They finished on top of the Sydney Sixers Conference. They had to play some pretty decent sides. They had to play a St George Sutherland side that included Renee Farrell. They had to play uh, a Gordon side that uh, we all know how strong they are with Heidi Cheadle, who, by the way, will be joining us in commentary on Sunday, along with the experienced Charlotte Anneveld in their side. But they've come through with three wins themselves on the back of excellent fielding and very tight bowling with Abby Taylor leading the way with the new ball. They certainly have. Um, they're a side that you can't underestimate. They have a lot of firepower and um, a lot of young talent coming through as well. You mentioned the likes of Abby Taylor and Attica. Uh, Leroy. Leroy, yep. Um, as well as um, Isabella Arafat will, will most likely be there um, and possibly Alicia Bates as well. Um, you know, they've got a class side who who are really going to be up for it on the weekend, so we expect it to be a tough match. 
and Kirsten Smith, of course, their skipper at the top. Unfortunately, there'll be no Lauren Smith. Uh, she's out injured at the moment. She's not even playing for the Sixers tomorrow. So uh, she'll be out for some time. She's been medically ruled out. Uh, that will be a loss. But Alicia Bates, again, it will depend on whether she plays tomorrow and whether she'll be released by the Sixers for that grand final on Sunday. Um, playing on North Sydney Oval uh, is probably going to be something for yourselves as well to enjoy it's become a spiritual home for the women's game not just in sydney but in australia hasn't it given yes. what's gone on there in recent times yep definitely it sure has it's a very special ground and um we're very fortunate to be able to play the game there on the weekend i i think it just shows um how important like you said that ground has become to women's cricket um you know hosting the women's ashes there recently hosting a lot of the women's bbl um, it's a it's a great ground to watch the cricket at, and um, I'm very excited to play on it. What about um, yourself and your own performances? You have uh, you haven't had a lot of opportunities to have a crack, but um, you've got to be ready on Sunday uh, in case you in case something happens. Yeah, um, I'll I'll always do my part for the team. Um, I, like I said, I, I'm there to to do what I can. So. Um, when I'm given the opportunity, I'll, I'll, I'll do what I have to for the team. But in the end, um, you know, if we get the win, then I'm happy. All right. Well, that's the most important thing. And then, uh, actually, it's been... There's also a little thing. You, you, you went down in the semi-final um, 10 months ago on your home deck at David Phillips when you were uh, probably expected to make the grand final against Northern District. So there's going to be a little bit of that going into this final on Sunday as well. Yeah, there's definitely there's definitely been some close matches in the past. Um, there's been a lot of um, girls who have come up from Brewer Shield playing against each other as well, who would have played in in a grand final um, a couple of years as well. So um, there's, it's definitely not a new feeling between these teams. Um, we're, we're used to those deciders, uh, deciders so. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Hopefully plays out a bit better than last year for us. Well, indeed. Uh, but you do expect it to be a tight contest. Um, it might be a low-scoring contest, given that the Rangers are very big on strangling their opponents in the field and restricting them. I mean, they restricted Gordon to just 77 miserly runs in their uh, match last week. Yeah, um, both... both uh the Northern District sides and ourselves have um, a very strong bowling and uh, fielding team. So, um, yeah, it, it may be. It may turn out that way. All right, then just a reminder again that we will be just announcing that we will be calling the uh, Women's Grand Final live on Sunday. Uh, we're still finalising the lineups. For, for, for the calling teams, uh, we can tell you that Heidi Cheadle will be taking time um, from uh, not being out there. She was out there as the player of the match in last year's uh, grand final, but she won't be there this time. She'll be doing the next piece thing. She'll be with us uh, in the broadcast box at North Sydney Oval uh, on Sunday. So um, the rest of the team, you'll just have to listen in on Sunday, but we can tune in from... Uh, just on 1.45, just a reminder, it's a 2 o'clock start on Sunday, not 2.30, as is the case with the men's T20s. 2 o'clock start on Sunday for this grand final. And then there's the second grade grand final 
uh, Zoe beforehand to whet the appetite at uh, 10 a.m. as well. Yep, that will be uh, St George and Bankstown, which again are two two strong clubs uh, with a lot of young players. So that'll be another exciting match. Absolutely. All right then. Uh, without further ado, um, I'm sure you've been warned about this. I'm sure you've yes. been warned about this, uh, 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 Zoe, but mm. um, it is a rite of passage for special guests. We haven't done it with any of the Northern District Rangers because they're, regular, they're regulars uh, on our panel, it's got to be said. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, special for, treatment. But special treatment. Yep, very special. Special treatment for uh, uh, special guests, it's got to be said. Um... But it is a rite of passage. Without any further ado. It's now time, Zoe Benjamin. Yeah. To drop and give me 20. Oh, yes, sir. Indeed. All right, we're going to go around. Oh, my God, she called you sir. (laughs) Don't don't make that a habit, please. (laughs) Thank you. Small tips, Zoe, do not call Tony sir. Oh, please. Thank you. All right? Sorry, my mistake. No, no, no. It's all right. It's not a mistake at all, actually. Um... As you know, the drop and give me twenty is some sort of is, is some sort of passage that we give special guests on this program. A series of twenty questions, which is designed to uh, you know go a little bit deeper into our special guests rather than just the fact that they play sports. So it is time to drop and give us twenty. Shane Evans and Matt Mears will share the questions with me tonight. Shane, you open the batting. Okay, Miss Zoe, your original home club. Uh, I started playing women's cricket for St. Pat in the Sutherland Shire. A Shire girl. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, <laughs> it's the real God's country for those uh, that, that, that live down there, unlike the two opposite me you think they live in the other side of Sydney. Oh, yeah, we're a very close-knit group of Shire kids. All right, well, question number two. Who is your hometown hero? Um, Give me anyone. Doesn't have to be from cricket. Um, actually, a, a, a coach of mine, um, Terry Rogers, would definitely be my hometown hero. All right then. If you've done so, first century or in in competition. Yeah, no, I've come close, but I haven't haven't quite reached the bar yet. Or FIFA. How about we'll go that? We'll have any FIFA. Oh. Put me on. You put me on the mark now. No. Okay. What's either. the What's the closest? A fifty. What's um, the closest you've got to the century? Ninety-eight. Got run out. Oh. There. So yeah, tough luck. And not 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 good there. All right. Well, most memorable on-field moment. Um, was definitely last. Last year at Brewer Shield, with a group that had been playing together for three years, we had just won our sixth grand final in a row undefeated, and that was a really, really special moment. I remember um, walking off the field, all of us just in a line, arms around each other for like the last time we were going to be playing as a group, and yeah, that was a really special moment for me. Okay, going from most memorable, we'll go to now, what's your most embarrassing on-field moment? <laughs> Um, there was a game I wore my pants backwards and I didn't realise and no one said anything because they thought it was really funny. That's Ooh. a good one. Oh, that's a good one. All right, well, we'll move on for that one. 
Um, Next, who did you grow up supporting in cricket or in other other major sports? A, a Sharky supporter? supporter? Uh, certainly not. Good. Hey. Yay. Yay. Massive rooster. Oh, <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. Go from one bad side to another. Oh, please. Oh. I just... mean, Australia in every sport, of course. But, They're just um, jealous about the roosters, you know. Yeah, of course. I mean, back to back, can't go wrong with that. Would you keep Latrell Mitchell at the at the? Would you would you pay Latrell Mitchell a million dollars a year? I would love to see us keep Latrell Mitchell. I don't think he's worth a million yet. Just make sure the sombrero fits. Oh, oh here we oh, turn his mic off, there Tony. It goes. It's always the way, isn't it? But there is a bit of a mark. Uh, there is a Nick Polito sombrero out there. Claim to fame. Off-field. Could be anything. Um, well, I'm actually studying film, so it would probably be either um, I acted in a film in India, which was pretty cool, um, oh. and I've also recently made a um, short documentary with Alex Blackwell, which was a lot of fun. What about Alex Blackwell, just digressing from that seriously? I mean, she's still very much involved in the university's club, an icon of the women's game, um, making her way quite nicely in, I wouldn't say retirement, she's still pumping out a lot of runs for the Sydney Thunder, but uh, certainly uh, an icon of the women's game and still very heavily involved in the university's club as well as spending time on uh, various boards, including that of Cricket New South Wales and commentary. Yes, yeah, she, 100%. She's a very, very special, special player, um, Alex Blackwell, and a remarkable person as well. Um, she will just do wonderful things after retirement for the game and, and will continue to, to support um, Australian women's cricket um, and someone that I've always, always looked up to and very lucky to, to have played alongside her in a, a, a few club games. Okay, talking about sports stars, what would be three sports stars you'd invite to dinner and why? Uh, Elise Perry. Just because I'd love to pick her brains. Um, you know, every young girl that plays soccer and cricket, you know, uh, the obvious role model there is Elise Perry. Um, Brad Fittler, as I said, being a big Rooster supporter. Um, he grew up in a, um, a, a really amazing era of rugby league. Um, you know, he's recently coached New South Wales as well, so I think he'd be a, a cool person to have dinner with. Um, and probably Samantha Kerr. Um, again, you know, just an amazing role model and is doing just wonderful things for women's sport um, and has had a huge success overseas, which is quite special. Racked up all the awards, so love to pick her brains as well. Well, this is the big heat-seeking one because, I said, this, this one always has a wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> which sport do you think the world could do without and why? Uh, cheerleading. Because, because to me, cheerleading is like a form of dancing, and I see dancing as more like a, like a, a talent or an art. But I don't really see it as a sport. So, cheerleading. All right. Fair enough. Dancing is not a sport. That should be... That could be. <laughs> there, there's your heat-seeking comment. Yeah. No, that's fine. That's great. Fine. Listen, that's what we're after because that could lead to another debate which 
other people have started elsewhere. What is a sport and what isn't? That's yeah. another debate for another day. All right, what is your big issue? That, what do you think is the biggest issue facing sport today? Um, women's sport or any, 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 sport? any. Um, well, being, uh, being a female, probably leaning towards issues in women's sport. Um, but um, you'd have to say you know pay differences. But um, I think a big one that we're seeing, you know, a few changes happening recently is um, inclusivity of transgender athletes. Um, I think Cricket Australia's um, started to take steps in the right direction with that, so I think that's probably a big issue at the moment. Where do you sit on the Caster Semenya issue? Leading uh, on from that. Because that's <laughs> because that's a because that's been a Pandora's box part in the pun for years for as long as Caster has competed. It has, it has. Um, personally I don't think that transgender athletes gain the advantage that a lot of people believe. Um, you know, they are identifying either as women or as males because that is what they are. And I think it's a very simple matter that they should be included. You know, I, I, I think it's quite... I don't want to use the word ridiculous because I feel like that's a bit strong, but I think that unless you've actually met someone or have an experience with transgender athletes, you don't really understand the situation fully. It kind of takes a little bit to understand it. Um, and I think that we, we should be supporting those athletes and encouraging, you know, people of all races, gender, you know, sexuality, just whatever you identify as, we should be encouraging people mm. to play sport. In the Castor Semenya case, though, I mean, you've got someone who identifies as one gender who has the advantages of perhaps another agenda to dominate um, her particular sport, um, perhaps unfairly. But that's, um, I mean, it's not her fault. I mean, I she, mean, she was born the way she was born, with, I, with, 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 a, with um, naturally. Um, and it's just that she's so far ahead of the field in the 800 and the 1500. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things. Anyway. That's another Wikipedia page. How do you kill time? We go to the next question. How do you kill time during the off-season? <laughs> I kind of just switch sports, really. I kind of just switch over from cricket to soccer and refereeing. Tell us about that, the refereeing. Oh, no, don't. No, well, we've, we've, we've already got a friend from on the bench as well, and Admiral Beecham, she's one of the... The women's, the W League referees that we've had previously. Indeed, but tell bench. us, but tell us about the refereeing, the the uh, the whistle what, in the winter. Um, yeah, no, I do love my soccer refereeing. Um, slowly making my way up the ranks. Um, would definitely like to reach um, W League one day. Um, but yeah, something something I enjoy and and I'm just working very hard at it at the moment. So if it came to a choice, if it came to a choice. A la E. Perry between soccer and cricket. If it, if it came to that, where would it go? Was that too hard a question right now? Um, it's it's a very hard question. Um, in the end, um, at the moment, 
refereeing is probably where I'm going the furthest. Um, and if I had to make a tough choice at the moment, that's probably where I'd be sitting. Uh, but definitely not a choice I'd like to make unless I had to. Okay, the next one. Your biggest influence on your sporting career? Families, friends, coaching? Uh, it's hard to go past my dad on that one. You know, he was my first coach. He got me into cricket. He got me into soccer. Um, he's driven me to just about every bloody game there is. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have got anywhere without him. The extra hours he's put in with me training and, and just helping me to, to become a better player. Like, very, very grateful to have him. What is your pre-match and post-match rituals? If you have any. <laughs> Um, starting, starting from like when I wake up, or starting from like well, from rocking up at the field, where, wherever. Um. All right. Let's see. Um. Acoustic Sundays on the radio. Stopping at a servo for breakfast. Getting to the game in my flip flops and socks, and then getting having a good chat with everyone before just getting into warm-up. Um, I don't like to stretch my shoulders too much. I'm mainly focused on just stretching my legs during warm-up. I don't like to have too much of a bowl. Um, and, yeah, then just get myself ready, have a bit of a joke before we go out into the field. Uh, yeah, yeah, after the game? After the game... Uh, it's very easy. It's just pack up, get changed, hop in the car and have a nap on the way home. Hopefully not at the wheel. <laughs> no, no. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, Thanks, Dad. No, I'm going to be no company on the way home at all. <laughs> no, I'm never any good company in the car. I'm always too tired. All right. Who is the biggest pest that you've come across in your sporting <laughs> career? Um, probably one of my best friends, Erica James. Um, I love her so much, but she's a lot of energy, a lot of energy, and you really got to be in the mood for it. And yeah, just just good fun. You got to take a lot to understand her jokes, and I'm still getting there. I must say, subtitles required. <laughs> All right, okay. Funniest moment involving a teammate. It's probably involving Erica. <laughs> oh, there's been some good one, good ones over the years. Um. Probably uh, Amy, uh, she lit her pants right down the middle where her crotch is, um, and she was wearing skins underneath, but our photographer managed to get a photo when she was bowling, and you can just see just the, you know, the black of her skins underneath where this hole is in her crotch, and I, I think we laughed at that photo for hours and hours after the game. It was it was definitely a moment we've never forgotten. And she hasn't forgotten it either, I suppose. I don't think so. <laughs> you can't, it's hard to live those ones down. But, uh, uh, it was hilarious. It was so funny. All right. Well, which of your teammates have the best or the worst chat or banter? <laughs> um, probably Becky Green. She has a bit of a sophisticated chat, which is quite funny and very entertaining, but also... Um, oh, God, some of them have, have borderline dad jokes. Cutting. Cutting. Yeah. No, dad, dad jokes. Dad jokes. Oh. Yeah. Oh, God. 
<laughs> Nothing wrong with a good dad joke out in the middle if you can pull it off. Like, let me tell you. Oh, I mean, it, it, it keeps you a bit lively to some extent. The best and worst teammate on the circuit, in the competition. Oh, um... You've probably run through them already. <laughs> worst, um... Dan Robinson. Um, best... Uh, Maddie Dark or Olivia Porter. Mm, okay. Okay, we have to night, out, night out there. Hey, listen, when the, when the comps come up to the Triple H, H box. Hey, 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 listen, you have to stay on the good side of the captain, okay? All right? Yeah. Then, all right? This is going to be the, the the one that always gets everyone. Your biggest rival, it can be a friendly rivalry or it could be diehard, bad blood. Nasty. Really want to just rip oh. their heads off. Um, a good, good friend of mine in one of the younger grades, um... Ellie Shepard. I always have a good run-in with her. Um, it's definitely a friend, friendly rivalry, but um, it, it's a good one. All right. Well, growing up, or even now, which team did you hate and why? It can be South. It can be any any sport. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say you don't hate South, isn't it? I bloody hate South. <laughs> um, but... Yeah, you, you have your own rivalry, rivalries when you play sport as well. So, yeah, there's a few teams on that list, but it's hard to hard to pop my hatred to South uh-huh. and South supporters. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Good evening to the borough. All right, last thing. The last question is always the one that we uh, try and set up next. Which sports personality do you nominate next to drop and give us 20? Give me anyone. Definitely Erica James. You guys will have an awesome time with Erica James. All right. Erica James, you have been warned. You have been told. You have been called out. You're next to drop and give us 20. All right. Um, Finally, before uh, we let you go, it's been a pleasure having you. Uh, We look forward to seeing you on Sunday at, uh, at North Sydney Oval. Uh, one last thought, uh, not only on this grand final, but then you go straight into the 50-over cricket that starts the following week, the main competition, where after the WBBL, you can expect a lot of those players to come back and play a lot of regular cricket with you. I think so, yeah. It'll be an interesting time um, heading into the, the limited overs, but um, it'll be a much longer season, um, so I think um, it'll just be a matter of transition into that longer form. All right. Fair enough. We'll leave it at that. Um, time for you to prepare uh, for Sunday. Um, we look forward to seeing you out there Sunday. Game starts at 2 o'clock. We can tell you now, we will be calling the match live um, yeah. from one forty-five approximately or one fifty on Sunday. Um, it's uh, good to uh, speak with you. Uh, we hope it's not the last time and we look forward to seeing you on Sunday. Thanks Thanks for your time, Zoe Benjamin. It's been great to have you on the bench. Oh, it was great. Thank you very much for having me. Indeed. All right. Thanks, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. That's Thank you. That's Zoe Benjamin from the University's Women's Cricket Club. They take on our own Northern District Rangers on Sunday. (laughs) 